Hey all, welcome to our podcast from OK to KO, following our journey from an OK life to a knockout life. Every Sunday after breakfast, we'll be sitting down and having a chat and publishing it as a podcast, and we hope you enjoy. Morning, Kira. Hi. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Yeah, good, thanks. What would you like to talk about today, Ollie? Well, it's a bit, it's a bit quick. I, uh, <laughs> a, bit of sna- a bit of small talk. So, um, okay. what, well, the clocks went back. <laughs> <laughs> the clocks went back. You know? How do you feel about that? I don't know. I th- you know what? I'm not going to say how I feel about it until I see uh, what time the sun sets this evening. And, and then I'll have why? a fully rounded opinion. Because you don't know, do you? Like, it gets lighter earlier. It's probably going to set an hour earlier. I know, and I want to see how that makes me feel before okay, I give fair. you a comment. Maybe next week I'll give you a comment on how I feel about the clock going back. Well, I'm, I'm pretty pleased that you remembered. Because <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because had you not said it, I would have not had a clue. So. And you might have woken up at like 4 a.m.? Yeah. Not that, not that I hit the 5 a.m. today anyway. 4 a.m. is too early though. Yeah. That's ridiculous. Some people do it. Some people do it. I saw Mark Wahlberg goes to bed at 7 p.m. and wakes up at 2 a.m. Yeah. What's the point? Well, it works for him, I guess, if he does that. He's quite successful. <laughs> He's done quite well, so I won't question him. But what are we talking about this week? We're talking about vulnerability. Mm. Yeah, being vulnerable. Why we want to be vulnerable, if it's good, how it makes us feel, and so on. So yeah. what's your views on this? Well, I could give a bit of context, I guess, which is that I get the, the whole point of this, the macro of this whole podcast and our life as in mine and your life is um we're on this transition from an okay to a ko life right Mm -hmm. and so i think we know that ko life um yeah it's a lot to do with where we live Mm -hmm. and where we spend our time and we're not there yet but it's also the lifestyle like Mm -hmm. working for ourselves making our own money building our own businesses doing work that we love doing and frankly it's happening quite fast, like, and like the last couple of months have been amazing progress for both of us. And um, last week, I felt like was a really good week, like just stuff just started happening, a lot of things that were getting there just clicked and started working for me and for my clients as well. And <clears throat> this all peaked for me on Friday afternoon, when... <laughs> Basically, before, before this week, I'd had a, a nagging thing in my mind that was like, are you working hard enough? Or are you playing a bit too much golf? Maybe. And like, if the only way you can see if you're working hard enough is what results you're getting. So last week, I had a great week, loads of great results. And on Friday afternoon, I went, had some amazing lunch and went and played golf. And basically, I was feeling on top of the world. Mm-hmm. And I felt like we're smashing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I let myself feel a little bit like, mate, this is amazing. Things are going so well. You should be so happy about all this stuff. And then, but like very, very rapidly after that, in the hours preceding the end of my golf game finishing, um, my psyche started literally attacking me to the point where um, I felt utterly stupid. Mm-hmm. And I felt... Um, really embarrassed mm-hmm. that I'd let myself feel so happy <laughs> and that I'd let myself feel so positive about all these things 
and basically just started questioning everything. It was like an, a reflex reaction, right? So, um, which is good that it happened because now I sort of, I've dug into that emotion a bit more. And my conclusion is that probably um, it was a massive, ref it was like a massive reflex to making myself feel a bit too vulnerable, mm -hmm. I guess. Do you know what I mean? So why did you feel vulnerable? Because you were feeling happy. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm not like, I feel happy quite a lot. But I think basically for the eight years prior to this, maybe nine years, I've worked for someone else. So even if everything was amazing, if I'd won an amazing deal, if our life was amazing, if we were on an incredible holiday, if we had an amazing night with friends and family, in my mind, it was like, this is great, but you've still got to do that big thing, which is quit your job and start your business. And that's going to take ages. So, you know, that sort of kept me in check a little bit. But now, because I've got, I've done that massive leap and things are going quite well, there's no like barrier. It's like boundlessness. <laughs> Interesting. It's like boundless happiness. And I guess <clears throat> the reflex reaction is like, what are you doing? You idiot. You haven't done anything yet. Get your head down and crack on. So the words that come into my mind are reality check. Yeah, good point, yeah. And so maybe... Which is also the name of my other podcast, I should say. <laughs> Plug. <laughs> Guys, check out this podcast. It's called Reality Check. <laughs> so funny. Um, um, <laughs> so there is a sense of... I must have a reality check. Like I can't... That's so silly to let myself feel this weightlessness and this heights of happiness... Yeah. Because I guess it's programmed into us that, like, that's just not realistic. Yeah, I guess, I get, and you know, this is really complex. Also, one of the reasons why I think this is a good thing to talk about now is because it's fresh. But also, like, talking about vulnerability is quite a vulnerable act, right? But the other side of it is that I don't really think I really understand it fully. Um, and what we, we talked about just before is, like, this, is it confusing or conflating happiness with complacency mm -hmm. right so am i deep down thinking i can't possibly be really happy and really grateful for the way things are going and also at the same time be really focused and really driven mm. is that what my mind's telling me is like you can't do those two things mm. so screw the happiness grateful thing just focus on the driven fo and focused thing and also a fear of losing it all I guess, I think that comes into it. So it's like, well, you might be feeling like this now, but next week it might all go wrong. So you need to have your head down. That's exactly right. But it's on more, that's a really good point. It's the fear of losing it all. But this is, and this is, I don't know if this is a guy thing or not, a man thing. But it's the fear of losing it all and then looking like an idiot because you thought you had it all. Yeah. Right? So it's like, not just that you've lost it, it's that you talked about I and think, I, and I think anyone can relate to that yeah, yeah, feeling so of too. absolutely attaching yourself to an idea yeah and then it being taken from you and feeling like a fool when you fully committed yeah completely that's it exactly it's one of the reasons people don't buy stuff actually isn't it because they don't want to be taken for a fool right they yeah yeah um they don't want to be like buy something think they're going to get it's going to fix all their problems and then they realize they've bought something that's just basically a scam you know the interesting like... thing is though so the, the way i can that i understand it very much in the context of relationships as well okay. like not wanting to look like a fool like you've given more than the other person so true. you've committed more um and i let myself believe that this was the one and 
it's just gone. But in the context you're talking about, there is no other party. You're in control. It's not some like magic person who is happiness and they're just going to leave you. So it doesn't work the same way in this kind of dual give and take. You're in control. Things, there are other people involved in terms of clients and you want to deliver for them, but you are still in control. How much you put in is how much you put in. There is no other, there's no person called happiness yeah. who might just run away and be like, ha ha, sucker. <laughs> <laughs> I always had this thing like um, in throughout life, like in sport, in business and everything, right? I always had this thing where I, I thought if you can just maintain composure all the time, so big win, maintain composure, big loss, maintain composure, right? And in my head, the more happy you get about those wins, the more down you're going to get. Like in my head, it's a seesaw. Mm. I don't think it is actually, if you really objectively look at it, but that's how I always positioned it. I think there might be something in that. Yeah. Well, I heard Gary V talk yeah. about that in terms of social media voices, like, you know, people being mean. Mm -hmm. on social media and he said but when people praise me i don't take that so okay, to similar, heart yeah. to let that like inflate me and then so then in the same way when someone says <clears> something <throat> horrible it doesn't affect me okay. and i thought that was there was something to be said for that possibly i thought that was quite interesting of like seeing it ex <clears throat> accepting it but make, not taking not taking it on as your identity yeah yeah see that that i think so there is something in that right like just sort of trying to middle it a lot of the time, especially in business. But that gets confusing when you're talking about life because obviously a massive part of my happiness on Friday afternoon wasn't just that all of that stuff was going, is that our relationship is amazing, that we were going to have a really nice night together. Um, and that is a massive part of it as well. Okay to KO is intrinsically linked to both of us. Mm -hmm. So it's not just about business, it's about my life. And I think I can't take that sort of like middling composure thing from my business and put it into my life as well because it's not very nice for the people around me. Mm. You know? <laughs> Having such a good you... time. It's okay. It's okay. I'm, I'm neutral. <laughs> How's the wine? It's fine. <laughs> I mean, this sip was good, but I don't want to get too excited because the next sip, mm-mm. I don't know. <laughs> so obviously, we can see how ridiculous that is when you sort of, when you put that in the context of life. When you're sharing life with people. I think also in the Gary Vee example, just saying it out loud then, I think what he's talking about, or the way I make sense of it, is taking these outer things to form External, an identity. yeah, exactly. Whereas <clears throat> the difference of what you were experiencing was not, ah, oh, I'm having such a good week, therefore I'm the most amazing person in the world. You were just saying, wow, I'm having a great week, how lucky. Yeah, but maybe I was. And actually, maybe that is that's a really good point. This is why I need to talk about these things on the podcast, because it helps me a lot. <laughs> but I think that may be where the idiocy, uh -huh. I, I started positioning myself. Because I started then, instead of saying, this is actually really useful. So, thank you. <laughs> so instead of just saying, life's good right now, mm -hmm. I started saying, and, and I'm going to do all these amazing things in the future, because if it's good now, and I've been working with these limited resources, when I then have these resources, I'm going to just smash it, right? So I think that's actually maybe so where you this kind is from. Of, you felt like you were like <clears throat> bigging yourself, being like, I'm super great, which is important. And, and not, only that, but... not only that, but projecting future success, which is so far away at the moment. Right. Um, I think you kind of need a bit of that though. In all honesty, I feel like 
if you don't believe that you're going to achieve the things that you're hoping to, it's really hard to put one foot in front of the other. Yeah, I did, but the thing is, I never have trouble believing these things. Um, but like... Getting excited about could, it. But I know, yeah, you know, like, as, like before this business, I tried to set up a few. Mm-hmm. And in my head, they were the silver bullet. Mm-hmm. All of them. Mm-hmm. Say there's three or four. They were all the silver bullet. They were the thing that were going to give me the lifestyle that I've always wanted. And they were all terrible. <laughs> terrible ideas. Some of them didn't even have an idea. So I guess like I felt like I was falling back into that mode. Ah, uh, okay. Which is like, you haven't done anything, man. Like, what are you doing? Like, why are you projecting all this future success? Whereas now this is actually working. It, it's, it's a good idea. It works. Um, so maybe that was what it was falling back into those traps and then it brought them like those past failures. I think there's something to be said that we should bring in as well about dreaming versus reality. Mm. And I think you're definitely someone who is quite comfortable in, okay, what, what's, what's real? What resources have we ca- ha- do we have? And you're really good at moving forward in that sense. And I love dreaming, but it probably doesn't move me forward that much all the time. <laughs> So what do you mean? So what's the difference? So dreaming and then just like believing you can achieve something. Dreaming, being like, wouldn't that be amazing? Oh, look at that. And I can just, you know what? I could have this daydream and Mm. I can just think about that. And it might be miles away, but I'm just going to enjoy it and like revel in it. Whereas I think your brain is more like, well, what's the point of me sitting thinking about it? I need to be doing something Mm. towards it. Why would I spend time just imagining how good that feels? That's the thing, that's it. And so when I do do that, when I, sometimes it does happen, I'm like, you idiot, mm. you fanciful. So-and-so. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so uh, it's the difference of head in the clouds yeah, versus probably. head down. And you like to have your head down. Definitely. And look up and say, okay, that's where I'm going. Head back down, how do I get there? Okay, and I'm building a ladder. Okay, now I'm on a different rung, but I'm still looking up, but yeah. I'm still on this rung. Whereas when you have your head in the clouds, you feel like, You've just oh, I'm, just, up. Yeah. I'm just there, mm. but I'm not really. No, I think that's, that really helps. So, but so um, now that we've fixed my issue, um, can we talk about vulnerability like in more general terms? Like, No, I think, I think I'm enjoying this. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Um, I think it's really interesting because just to kind of keep it a little bit in that space for a minute. Yeah, sure. I... I don't think it's necessarily bad to allow yourself to dream some of the time. I don't feel I, I, I mean, I, I, I'm a daydreamer and I enjoy yeah. doing that as well. And also I think I, I see what you're saying in terms of if you were thinking all of that and then feeling like a bit smug about it all or feeling like a bit like I'm the best person ever, mm. but I, maybe that's where the feelings of uncomfort lay in. But I do think it's really important and and a good thing to, if things are going well, or if you are having a great week and a nice experience to say, yeah, wow, I am so lucky. I'm so grateful for this. Like not just always be aiming for that destination and in doing so, forgetting to notice everything that you do have in the moment. Like, yes, we're absolutely not at the end goal of what we envisage our KO life to be. But... We're so much, we've come further than we were before. And even the changes that we made, 
I'm so grateful for them. Mm. And I think it's important to be appreciative of what you're experiencing in the here and now. Otherwise, you'll always be chasing something elusive if you can't notice and take note of the things that are good and are fun. Mm -hmm. When will you ever find that? Yeah. No, I, I think, I, yeah, exactly. I think that this is the, what I've learned from this conversation so far is that like gratitude is crucial. But gratitude at no point involves projection. Gratitude is very much an acceptance and, and, a, and a thankfulness for what is present and real now. Got you. So that's fine. And, and <laughs> no, it's obviously more than fine. It's good. Gratitude's a great thing. It's neutral. <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> In fact, gratitude will be a great episode one day. But um, I think gratitude is super powerful. And I think it's really important. Um, but no point does gratitude ever involve like fanciful projections to the future. And as much as believing and having a vision and believing you can do it, I think what happens with some people is they think it's a done deal. I've done it. I've done it so many times. Like I've thought, I've had an idea and in my mind, the conception of the idea is the completion of the vision in the same thing. My mind's just said, we've done it. We've completed that thing just because you've had the idea. It's such a good point. I think so many people do that. Um, so many of us think, I've got this amazing idea. Is that it? Is that easy? Yeah. But then that, yeah, it's difficult to have a good idea sometimes, but, but the graft is hard. Most people, most successful people will tell you, um, I mean, Steve Bartlett, you know Steve Bartlett? Um, head of social chain, massive um, social media entrepreneur. Anyway, he always talks about ideas are cheap, execution's hard. Okay. Right? So, like, anyone can have an idea. Mm -hmm. You can find ideas, people, everywhere. Mm -hmm. But people who will take the idea and make it a reality to the value you wanted it, mm -hmm. or even better, mm -hmm. those people are hard to find. So, I think, yeah, ideas are cheap. Talk is cheap. That's what people say, right? So interesting, because I remember growing up on the hearing the phrase, you just need to find that one idea. Yeah. You just need to find that, that golden idea. And that being the thing, right? Yeah. That it's also kind of cool the other way around because it makes you realise that you don't necessarily need to have lots of novel ideas or something totally original, that actually the more important currency is your work ethic. Yeah, 100%. I think and that's I, in your control. I think ideas are massively overrated, actually, because... They can be restrictive. Some of the best pivots and like um, moves that I'm making in my business were not my ideas. They've because I've just gone with something, watched the way someone else is doing it, thinking, yeah, I can tweak that to my business. That's not an idea. That's an idea that that person probably got off another person who got off another person. So like sitting there and just popping ideas out of your brain is a massively overrated activity. Mm. Doing stuff and feeding off other people's ideas, that's a really valuable activity. Mm. Um, yeah, I think, I think practicality is underrated. So like people, um, often you see you, when you speak to people who have loads of ideas, but never really get anything going, it's because they've probably spent too much time on the idea and not enough time on the execution. Mm. And yeah, I see it a lot. I that does happen. Yeah. I've been there. I've been that person. So I sure. guess this is why you also felt frustrated with yourself because you've seen that thing of getting too attached to an idea and then that, because it does 
Not necessarily, but it does sometimes hinder action. And I think a lot of people have been either the, the proponents of conversations like these or party to conversations like these, where you're having a meeting and you leave and you don't have any action right. points, yeah. but what you've done is all get really excited about the idea. And then you have another meeting and you don't leave with any action points, but you will get really excited about what the concept is yeah. and how good it's going to be. Yeah. And then the third meeting, yeah. the same thing. Um, and so I guess you're wary of falling into that pattern. Definitely. And also because I know from experience now that whatever future vision I think I'm projecting is like will be the success. No, I don't talk about the KO vision. I'm talking about like the vision of how I think my business is going to be a mm -hmm. success. Whatever I think the vision is now, it won't be. Mm -hmm. Because along the way, from that, from here, at this point to that point, I will learn so much more stuff that I don't know now, mm -hmm. which will mean that that idea I have now will be blown out of the water. Mm. Maybe largely it'll be the same, but like there'll be components which I don't know now, which I'm going to rely on. Mm. So like, how can you project that sort of stuff? Yeah, it's interesting because I think there's a lot of balance in lots of mm. elements of life. You know, you need to, yeah... What am I trying to say? Yeah. <laughs> um, so the, the macro view of things is super helpful for visualization and knowing where you want to get to. And it really helps with motivation of yeah. what is my larger purpose yeah. in all of and this. And direction. And direction. Um, but if you only have that, then you only have an end goal in sight. Yeah. Then you have this massive cavern in between you mm -hmm. and the end goal. One that can seem overwhelming or two, you, you just don't do anything because mm -hmm. you don't know how to. So you, the macro is really helpful for that, but then you also need to be able to dial it in to the more immediate um, micro. Yeah. In, so let's take the ladder example yeah. of like, okay, like that's the end goal, but I'm not going to just one day, bosh, have a whole ladder. I need to make this next rung. Yeah. And then yeah, I need yeah, to yeah. make this next rung. So your view has got to be big but it's also got to be on the smaller, on the immediate. That's right, yeah. That's the way the plan comes in, the detailed plan. Yeah. Right? The detailed plan, but it's not just with the... It's, it's a process, right? It's not just end goal. How do I get from here to the... Maybe this... The way I'm looking at that now is like three layers. So you've got the top layer is the vision. Mm -hmm. Then the layer underneath that is the strategy. Mm -hmm. So how... The broad brushstrokes, how am I going to get to that? Mm. And then underneath that is the tactics. So what am I going to do day by day to yeah. actually implement the strategy, which then gets me to the vision? Yeah. I guess. Yeah. I saw an interview with... Um, you know Lily Singh? Yeah. And obviously she's made an incredible Huge. career herself yeah and she started as a youtuber yes and i i think she said something about this is not this was years ago that i saw this but it really stuck with me the concept of it of like having an idea of where you wanted to get to mm -hmm. and there being like just a massive gap in between like no model nothing yeah. like that and rather than being like oh i don't know how to do that she's like i need to therefore make up the steps as mm. i'm walking and i need to Mm. I have to create those. And that was so interesting that you could just, you can just do that. That yeah. doesn't, I think, definitely I'd say with, I'm sure a lot of people can relate, but 
you know, us, it's like you go to school, you go to uni, there's a kind of like plan. And like, if you get into this job, this is the way it yeah. goes. And obviously if you're working for yourself, those models aren't really there anymore. They might be in some industries more than other others. Mm-hmm. Um, and so knowing that rather than feeling at the mercy of it and kind of being like, oh, what will happen? I hope I'm just lucky. Yeah. It's like actively creating your own steps. Yeah, I like and that. doing it as you go along. So she had that analogy of having this space yeah. and having to create step, stepping stones for the way. Yeah, exactly. So, so where does um, vulnerability come, in, come into all yeah, this? We've gone a bit off piece <laughs> there, haven't <laughs> no, we? Because I, 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 I think it is linked. Um, I think, okay, so here's one way. One thing is that when you have an idea, you have to be humble enough to accept that you don't know how you're going to make it happen, right? So take the Lily Singh example. Mm-hmm. That's, that's humility, what she's doing there. It's being vulnerable, saying, I've got no idea how I'm going to get there. I want to get there. I've got no idea. I was going to make it up. Mm-hmm. That's vulnerable in itself yeah. to say that, right? Because a non-vulnerable reaction, which is something that I definitely would have said before, is that's where I'm going. And I know exactly what I'm going to do. I know how everything's going to play out because I've read it in a book, mm-hmm. right? That's the, that's the non-vulnerable. So like maybe the vulnerability gives you a sense of like honesty about yourself and about your process more risk what do you mean well you're taking more risk if you're allowing yourself to be vulnerable to say i don't know so i'm just going to try yeah whereas if you're not even going to admit that you don't know what you're doing then you have to find a textbook version of it you're looking for other people to tell you this is the right way to do it yeah it's a validation and also like i'm sure you know this as well but like from my experience of coaching the clients that do well are not the ones that do everything I say. Because you've got to, you, when you're doing things and you're figuring things out for yourself, you're using a different type of critical thinking. You have to put, apply critical thought to everything you're told. So if you think, right, I bought this book, I haven't even read it, but I'm pretty sure if I just implement the steps, I'm going to become a millionaire. That's non-vulnerable because you're saying you're bulletproof, basically. But it is also helpful. In what Sometimes, way? like I've followed things... So yeah. sometimes the other way around, right? I've had some steps laid out in front of me. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't want to do that. Like that, are you sure? <laughs> like it, there's a step which it has vulnerability. Like, okay, you're going to put this out in public now. Yeah. <clears throat> and then I've had to fight that and say, okay, I'm going to stick to these steps. So there's trust as well sometimes in those things that yeah. me not doing that wouldn't have been applying critical thinking. <laughs> Mm, sometimes you can kid yourself into thinking you are being like no 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 that wouldn't work for me because i know my business yeah and then you don't actually take the risk and the risk did pay off okay yeah and i I think i think the big picture which is crucial to both of us and obviously it should be said at this point you don't really have a problem with vulnerability at all like you're very comfortable with yourself and putting yourself out there in that way probably more so than me um but vulnerability facilitates true connection yeah because I know, I mean, I guess you know Brené Brené Brown. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, like leadership yeah. Um, speaker, like Someone amazing, was, um, amazing woman. Mentioned her in a session recently, actually. Yeah, I mean, she's awesome, um, and one of her key points is about vulnerability. I think, I think her book is called Dare to Be Vulnerable. Oh my gosh, that was um, I got recommended a talk on that actually. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, she's got a great TED talk on it as well. Yeah. Um, she talks about it in the context of leadership. Right, that was where, that was her, she's a psychologist, I think, but she blew up in the area of leadership. Now, obviously, it makes a lot of sense for leaders to be vulnerable, 
right? So like if a leader comes in, um, I'm, I'm picturing um, like a very macho man right now, but imagine they come in, nothing's ever wrong. They're always fine. They're super like uh, on it all the time and you know, always barking orders and stuff like that. You're never gonna have a connection with that person because are they even a human? Like their life seems absolutely perfect. If someone comes in and they are, yeah, still like on it, they're still very professional, but if something bad's happening, they're not gonna try and plaster it up all the time. They will show that, you know, they've been affected by this thing. They'll show their human side. They'll allow people to see like a vulnerable side of their nature. That is when a leader will get really good connection with people. So I think that as well is another big thing. And I don't think for me, like, and I don't need to bring it back to me again, but um, I don't think I have that problem with connection with people, but definitely I think it can stop me having a connection with myself sometimes. Mm -hmm. Like if I can't be honest with myself about, you can dream a little bit, it's okay, man. Like then that's a really weird relationship to have with yourself, right? Mm. So I think that's definitely something I can be nicer to myself about moving forward. Absolutely. And I think uh, I agree with you fully that the vulnerability, because I see vulnerability as openness and openness for me is absolutely linked to openness, connection. Yeah. Because of what? Because there's no like there's no guard, barriers there's no... or gates. or yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, if you take it into a physical form, like, I see being vulnerable as like having your arms out, your chest open. Yeah, got right? it. Right? Like yeah. welcoming. Yeah. And oh, openness that's a really is good me. Point. Wow. And whereas wanting to not be vulnerable, your body language like shifts and it closes. Yeah. It's defensive and deflective. And that can happen on a psychological a sense as well, I think. Um, and so not allowing yourself to ever be vulnerable can mean that not only are you kind of pushing people away. But in doing so, you're also not really seeing them. Ah, because you're not worried. You're more worried about protecting yourself than like looking at them. It's all inwards and protection. Wow. So, you and I think you miss a lot. And being vulnerable can be hard. And obviously, so let's take the physical example because it's easier to picture. So your arms open, your chest is bared. You can get hurt physically yeah you are literally vulnerable yeah Yeah. someone wanted to punch you or something you're they could yeah Mm. um so yeah you can get hurt more easily but there's also more opportunity there's more excitement and new experiences because you're allowing yourself to be affected and when you allow yourself to be affected you don't know what's going to happen and when you're not allowing yourself to be affected you're just not engaging that's great. I think that's a really nice visual, visual example. So, um, let me ask, you might not be able to answer this because you're very open. I always said that you approach everything with an open heart and open uh, mind. I think it's true. Um, but how would someone know if they were not allowing themselves to be vulnerable? Because I don't think you can know. I don't think it's like, it's just something you feel. I don't think many people are doing it and knowing. So if they were not allowing themselves to be vulnerable, how would they know? Well, can you answer that? I've got a couple of thoughts. <laughs> so, so one thought I think would be like, maybe you're not telling the whole truth. Yeah. Maybe you're... <laughs> That's definitely true. Yeah. Maybe... And the other person can always tell, by the way. <laughs> and so when you're like, no, I'm fine. 
I we really... both know. So just say it already. <laughs> so that's, that's a basic example, right? So you, how, how are you doing? Yeah, yeah, fine, whatever. Yeah, yeah, I'm fine. But that's like, that, okay, that's a really obvious example. But like, what about like, um, you know, how's business? Yeah, 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 it's good. We've got some opportunities here. And, you know, I'm seeing a couple of months, a few opportunities coming up there. When actually, you're struggling. Oh, okay, yeah. No, I've definitely felt that. Yeah? I definitely felt that with acting. Okay. There you go. sure. I hate that. What's going on? And in my mind, I'm like... Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> Phone must be broken because no one's calling it. <laughs> oh, my God. That would be, so be a great non-vulnerable experience. I think my phone's broken. <laughs> So yeah, just <laughs> just intermittent signal. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm just trying to choosing. Okay, do I want to say actually it's really quiet at the minute and don't know what to do. About I'm it. really struggling. Mm. Or am I going to be like, yeah, there's a few things going on, and you can hear my voice has already gone more high pitched. It's true. And I'm not bre- I'm not connected to my breath anymore. So I think if you're not connected to your breath and your voice changes, they're good signs. You start getting that weird tingly <laughs> feeling, which I'm kind of getting now. Like they're also like you get more tight mm. in your body. It's a visceral reaction because you're like shift the energy, shift the energy. Don't focus on me. Don't focus on me. Quick answer. Push it away. So true. Um, it's exactly what it feels like. And like someone's just taken the world's biggest spotlight, just yeah. shone it right on your face, and you're like, "What? Do anything? Just get the spotlight off. <laughs> like, yeah. Just shoot the guy with the spotlight. I don't care. <laughs> just turn it off. That's the thing, right? Oh man, it's so true. And then I've also had instances. I'm sure when I'm like, "Okay, you asked. I'm going to tell you." <laughs> What do you mean? Be really honest. Yeah, like okay, there's a there's a lot of baggage here. Yeah, okay, fine. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you an answer. And this was always what bugs me. Oh yeah. People ask you questions about your work as small talk. <laughs> so then when you're like, I don't want to feel that awkward because when you whenever I felt and I think the same with you saying that feeling of like yeah yeah it's fine immediately bam connection between your friend or whoever you're talking to it's not authentic mm. it's just not because you're like i'm having to pretend to be someone else or in a different position to how i actually feel and I'm, ha- I'm trying to like boost myself in your eyes and actually that's making me feel about 10 times smaller yeah because i'm having to kind of skirt around the truth yeah so otherwise I'd be like okay yeah um it's it's all and then half sentence in they're like hey so and so or they're like oh sorry just one sec that's the that's when the vulnerability hits you, yeah, <laughs> and you're yeah, like, yeah. huh? <laughs> and then then they're like walking off. Like, yeah, it's fine. Whatever. <laughs> but then there's also a lesson in like you know what? No one cares. So here's so, so here's, what so why do I need to feel so vulnerable about about like they are not gonna think I'm a no, failure as much as I think I am right now. No, yeah. So if there's a case, see, there's I think there might be a halfway house here because I'm not I don't want to I don't think like you just highlighted. Social occasions are often very bad occasions to choose to start being vulnerable because people might not take it seriously, mm. right? So here, how about this for a half hour? I'm interested in what you think about this. If you want to not give like a crappy, non-vulnerable answer, but you also don't want to go into the problem, how about saying this? Um, so say someone asks you about your work, you say, to be honest, mate, I don't, I don't really want to talk about that right now. You know, there's a few things going on and I'd rather uh, focus on something else. Is that a vulnerable thing to say? Because you're being honest. Yeah, I think it is. And you know what's interesting about that? Is that that person you say that to, next time it comes up, they'll give you 
all the time you need. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> then you got their attention. That's so true. That's a good point. Because you're flagging. It's not because you're flagging like, actually, if I go into this, I want to really go into it. Mm. Right? And so this is yeah. the space or the time. We're not both in the same energy. And it, what it's doing is then next time it comes up, they're kind of prepped of like, oh, if we talk about this, you'll really want to talk about it. So... Yeah. Uh, I think that's probably a good answer, actually. Yeah. Just honest. honest, right? I was being like, it's not great at the minute. I'd rather not chat about it now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, so um, very quickly then, we talked about how to flag if you are being run, not being vulnerable if you don't know, right? Yes. So imagine then someone's just listening to this. They've just been like, oh my God, I do that all the time. What do you, apart from like saying, I don't want to talk about it to everyone, because <laughs> that's the only tip we've given, <laughs> what else can you do? Like, how can you increase your levels of vulnerability? Talk about it. Yeah. So it, don't right? talk about it and talk about <laughs> it. Balance. No. Um, so yeah, so, so being able, there is a relief in being able to say to people, oh, I'm really struggling. Mm. Because also when, what you do, I think, when you're hiding it and you don't want to show your failures or your weaknesses is you're hinging all of that bad feeling on yourself and you're saying i'm the problem that's good yeah whereas when you talk about it you can actually dissect what are the things external things that are the issues here Mm -hmm. what can i do what am i struggling with and sometimes you just need to vent yeah as well and say this part of the industry is like i find them tricky yeah. And you don't bring it all back to yourself when you're just in your own brain. You can be so harsh to yourself. I completely agree. I think, I think you could go a step further. I think like one of the, thi- one of the hardest things about if you're not vulnerable and the hardest thing about transitioning to being vulnerable is you don't have control of the time. You can't predict when you're going to need to be vulnerable. So what I would suggest is pick someone who's super good at listening. I would pick you. Um, and tell them that you're struggling mm-hmm. and say, look, can we have a t- discussion like this? Because I just want to get a few things off my chest. So then you take control of the situation. Mm. You choose your moment mm. when you want to be vulnerable mm. and it's kind of like on your terms. Yeah. Instead of just waiting until you're at the pub. Or waiting for someone to ask. At a family occasion or something happen. and you're like, oh God, everyone's listening in and I can't, I'm not going to like start being vulnerable now when everyone's listening to me. So like maybe like in a controlled situation when you pick your person, maybe that's the also, way to Also, I think when you picked your person and spoken about it, if you were asked on a like family meeting, you would feel more comfortable with being I, like, ah, it's, you know, it's a bit tricky at the minute. Yeah, I think so And too. it's not so got the emotional baggage because you've already talked it through. So when you haven't spoken it through at all, and I do think it is important to have those conversations if you are really struggling and feeling... Um, unsure of yourself and in in something and in your work mm. I think it's really important to talk to someone and just say I need to address these feelings yeah. I need to address these thoughts because they're constant because they yeah if you don't address them they don't go mm. they just don't and sometimes you need to you know if you're feeling like you're not hit, matching up to where you want to be saying it out loud in a weird way can help. I think it would be, I think it would be like a massive relief. Yeah. Like a pressure valve. Like everyone's someone's just opened the lid and you just gone, oh, yeah, feels better now. Yeah. Because it's tense. And you know, the thing is, 
and, and I can say this from experience, of like if you're making, saying little micro lies about trying to big up your, your reality, big up your success, which is something I was definitely guilty of um, in the past, you have to remember. You have to remember. Oh my gosh. Who have right. I said that? What, my, what micro lies did I tell that person? What micro lies did I tell that she person? She used to do that. I think I used to inflate like my life, my success in some ways before. Yeah, definitely. Mm. Um, I can't think of anything worse now. Yeah. But like, obviously it's an indication that you don't think your life is good enough at the time. Absolutely. The story you're telling yourself is not good enough. So I think the honesty and vulnerability there will be a massive stress relief, a massive just, you know, deep breath relief, I think as well. You're taking more action as well. Like when you say, um, this isn't great, then once you've addressed the problem out loud, rather than just internally thinking, oh, I just feel rubbish. Once you've addressed it, then you can start finding a solution. That's so true, because if you don't, yeah, it's like, you've got to, that's the first step, isn't it? Acknowledging it exists. Yeah, that's why it's so important, because then it doesn't have to define you. It's not part of your identity. You start seeing it's an external problem. Mm. How do I get around and it? probably a problem that millions of people have had before. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Because that's where you convince yourself, isn't it? It's like, I'm the only person in the whole world this has ever happened to. Everyone else is fine. I think a word we haven't mentioned, which is absolutely tied up with this, is failure. Mm. Um, we've spoken about in previous podcasts the value in failure but mm. ultimately this vulnerability is a deep sense of feeling like a failure mm. or worrying you're going to be a failure and not matching up to your own expectations inadequacy I would say is another good word yeah and therefore you've just got to you've got to address it and kind of no, not agree. take it to heart because it, you're not a failure you're just Labeling yourself as well. Well, if you are, then we all are because we're all failing all the time. That's how we learn. That's mm -hmm. how we grow. But so, okay. Thank you for this. Um, I'm much more clear on vulnerability now. I feel like I'm another step ahead um, than I was. But do you have any final thoughts on vulnerability? Um, not that I can think of. I'm gonna do a. I'm gonna do a spin-off um, podcast of this one, and I'm just gonna. It's only gonna be. I'm gonna do like speak to people for like an hour. But the only thing I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to publish is the, the answer to the question, any final thoughts? And it's going to be a collection of episodes of going, no, I think, I think I've said it all, really. <laughs> <laughs> and the joke will be on me because no one will listen to it because it'll be terrible. That was a great little story there. <laughs> Thank you for that final thought. <laughs> um, you got any final thoughts? I just think, I think it's hard. I, think, I, think, I don't think it's like, it's one of those things, it's like finding your passion. It's like, it's e for people who are comfortable with being vulnerable, it's the easiest thing in the world. For people who aren't, it's the hardest thing in the world. So like- It's not, it's not, it's, it's not easy when- Yeah, It's true. not easy when you set up that expectation for yourself and like, I think which you experienced the other day of like this inner battle of like, I'm not meeting my own expectation or I'm letting myself down mm -hmm. in some way, then of course it's not, no one wants to admit that to yourself or to someone else. Like... Yeah, exactly. Like that's not easy. And I think the hardest time to admit it, to, to get through it is when you've decided, I'm not gonna talk to this person about this, but it's still there. Yeah. And then you get into that weird, like non-connection yeah. place. But when you're feeling better, then of course it's easier to talk about it. So the hardest bit is when you're in deflection that's true. mode. And that's probably when you need to talk about it most. Mm. Yeah. I think, I think it starts with yourself probably. 
are you being a bit easier on yourself yeah and are you honest with yourself if things aren't good or are you telling yourself like oh they're fine really i don't really need to change anything right now because if you're telling yourself that when there are problems mm. and you're pretending to yourself that there aren't you're kind of inadvertently saying because if I admit there's problems, I can't solve them. Yeah, that's like, true. Like, I'm stuck. I'm not good enough to solve. Which is not true. You can. Because no. I'm, I know, because I solve all problems. No, <laughs> um, this is the hard thing about talking about stuff like this. It's like... <laughs> I'm not an think, expert. Yeah, it's just, just to be completely clear, we are students of life in every single way. And uh, we do not have all the answers, even though it probably sounds like we do. We struggle with all these things. Um, yeah. I'm vulnerable enough to say that I struggle with these things. Yeah, just sifting our way through. Yeah. But anyway, it's lovely to chat to you as always. You too. And uh, I will be at this table this time next week, if you want to join me. We can have another <laughs> chat about something. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'll <laughs> well, see you later, guys. Have a good Thanks week. Thanks for listening. Bye. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Have a great week. <laughs>